This is almost entirely sports with Joshua Briscoe. All right, so right now, if you go, if you want to go to the Inside the Crown <laughs> newsletter, you can go to bit.ly slash Lesky Hates Bobby Witt, and it will take Ooh, you I right there. It. And yes. whenever Lesky starts calling for Bobby Witt to come up, I will change that URL, which I can do, to yes. bit.ly slash Lesky Loves Bobby Witt. But right now, bit.ly slash Lesky Hates Bobby Witt. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. I did just realize I never paid off the promise of that liner. I never did change the bit.ly. And you know what? Are we sure he doesn't hate Bobby Witt? I, I, uh, do, do we know this? Rudy, I, I know we do a lot of bits and have a lot of fun around here. I'm just saying we've, we've seen some wrong information on the internet today. Here's what, I, here's what I'm going to tell you. Bobby Moneymaker did not write children's book. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I, I know for a fact that David Lesky does not hate Bobby Witt Jr. And right mm. now, right now, the URL, I know this is a hard pill to swallow. Right now, the, the URL is bit.ly slash Lesky hates Bobby Witt. I need a second source, please. Well, here's here's the thing. And I feel like this can maybe be a, a middle ground. Is like, Yes, I have not fixed that in the speed in which I promised once upon a time. But I will promise you this. Before the next time that David Lesky is on Almost Entirely Sports here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, broadcast over the air to the adoring crowd of millions, before your next appearance, David Lesky, on this show, I will fix that URL. In the meantime, it will remain bit.ly slash Lesky Hates Bobby Witt. You know what I say? I say good riddance to this show. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have seen me in a... Designed in my home, Bobby Witt T-shirt. Yes, and that's how I know you don't hate Bobby Witt. That's what I'm saying. I am publicly saying right now. Clip this if you need to. Lesky does not hate Bobby Witt Jr. And I will amend that. I will fix that link before our next show together here in the evenings. I just appreciate the little bit of a pause in between does and not, where I can easily clip that out. That's also that's your prerogative. Lesky, next time you're on, there'll be a new liner. That's also yes, that's also true. Rudy I'm, will, I'm not worried about it, I'll tell you that. Rudy will fire <laughs> off your late, your new liner. It's going to be very, very slanderous. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll launch a, a whole new barrage of people to uh, insidethecrown.substack.com, which is the URL of the newsletter if you don't use the bit.ly. Here's uh, the thing. If you want to hate subscribe, I'm okay with that, too. Definitely, yeah. So do it however you want to subscribe. Just do it. And if you hate me, I'll just ignore your comments. I think you just... I think you just lean into it. Maybe you do an entire maybe you do an entire post about how you think that Bobby Witt's broken and needs to be sent down, you know? He should be sent, he should be sent to low A, if we're being honest. Yeah, really he needs to get his groove back and really remember remember how the grind works in low A and, and just see how it goes. Now to be fair, you know, something might be broken before too terribly long because, you know, anytime a Royals player gets hurt, yeah, the Royals fair. have a tendency to rush yeah. him back before it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, broken was the wrong word for me to use there for sure. That's a great so, point. Yeah, something might you, break you very that. soon. Yeah, that was bad. I regret I regret my word choice for the first time in the history of this show. Uh, and the last, and and almost certainly the almost certainly the last. We can talk about the Royals in a second, Lesky. But I, it, it really felt like this was a, a nice convergence of a Royals Day game and one opportunity to let you drive one of the uh, remaining nails into the coffin of AES on eight ten. Um, I don't know if there's anything in particular that you feel like you know needs to needs to be said at the wake or a stake you need to drive through this show's heart. Any kind of whatever the whatever the the, the inclinations may be. I it did just feel like it would be you know it'd be good for you to have an opportunity. To to, to really land one more final blow. 
Yeah, no, I've, I've been digging um, for, for the last half hour, so pretty pretty messy. Just wanting to make sure this gets on the ground yeah. and nobody has to look at it again. Uh, <laughs> We're getting buried like 15 feet deep. Like you've real, well, there is no zombie yeah. apocalypse situation. Um, yeah, you know the the show is six feet under. It had nothing on on what this is about to be. So it's um, <laughs> it's 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 gone. It's it, it's the right thing to do. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's like we've all had that pet. You keep alive a little too long. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. Anyway, that's what I got for you. <laughs> no, I think I think that's a good. We've had a lot of different analogies that we've floated out, and that one I think is pretty good because as we we talked about this last night. Look, I. We we've never stopped loving this beautiful puppy here. It's just right now, you know, this this far in. How many it is this dog? Look, is this dog gonna bounce back? And right now, it's blind. It messes on the floor constantly. Yeah, I mean, it's look. It's time, and that's okay. No that's one. Okay. No one it, it is served well. It served, it yes, served people well. Absolutely. And I tell you what, this dog is like ninety six years old, human <laughs> years, not even dog years. We lived so much longer than anyone expected us to. Its back does not work well, but you know, hey. I mean, honestly, I would have lost that bet on how long the show lasted. So you know, no good, good for you. That's what I have to say. Thank you. Thank no you. thanks to me. <laughs> oh no! I think no. Here's the thing: is if it wasn't if it wasn't for uh, for you and a very select group of literally Alec Lewis and Max Reaper, um, we would have stopped talking about baseball. I think you have the most total reps on this show uh, of of the crew. So um, I, I feel like you more than anyone else, um, and maybe I think you and Cal Eldred deserve credit for how much we've talked about the Royals over the last two years. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, how much do we really talk baseball when I'm on anymore anyway? That's, so I that's true. I don't know if you can consider me a baseball guest as much as um, random garbage guest. Um, I mean, random garbage guest for a random garbage show, does it? It, 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 it works. <laughs> if the boot fits, yeah. If it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, et cetera, et cetera. It's almost entirely garbage. <laughs> That would be a good liner for the future. And the new nighttime show. Uh... <laughs> Almost entirely garbage. Uh, hosted by David Lesky. I'll be a guest. I guess I'm taking over. I don't know. Yeah, I'm you fine. should. Yeah, you should host, and I'll, 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 you know, be a, a, a half willing guest who you can slander as I devote, you know, hours of my time over the years to make the show slightly better. You could just make uh, hateful URLs to use against me as a weapon. I think that's only fair. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's good. the next step. Uh, do you? I, I'm gonna go totally. I'm gonna. I am gonna go totally left field first, and not. I don't mean. Uh, I don't mean trading Andrew Benatendi. Am I right, folks? Uh, to uh, to put something on the TV here earlier today, or tonight, like at the start of the show, there were like no live sports on that, that particularly caught my eye, and then I saw on CBS Sports it was just labeled as poker, and so I have just poker on my TV right now. Sure. Um, and I know and I know that you're as we as we say a chip master. I believe that's the highest honor in all of poker. We, yeah, yeah that, that's right. We spent the better part of the first hour of this show just sort of remembering Chris Moneymaker. Oh yeah. And honestly, I just I just hope you I hope you would just make a noise like that when I said his name. So would you like to join our parade of remembering Chris Moneymaker? It he was he was special. Mm. I mean, he he was. I, I, he, look, he's he's the. Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm at a loss for words because he was so amazing. And, um, and it's a, it is a real blast from the past. Yeah, it, he was. 
was he was like oh three, right? I think that's was, correct. Yeah. So that he's the guy. I mean, he's the reason that people play poker today. Yeah. Not not everybody, but like truly, him winning the World Series of Poker like opened up like all these idiots who thought they could win the World Series of Poker. <laughs> and then I feel like the next year was I think the next year was Greg Raymer and he became like a poker pro, but also not very good. And then it was the Australian guy, and then people stopped caring. <laughs> that, that, it was like a three-year run, but like I still play poker because of Chris freaking Moneymaker. This could, this I still could have not have sunglasses. This this could not have gone better. I'm so excited that you just said the phrase that you play poker because of Chris Moneymaker. Because what I remember, it, it was true though. No, yeah, no. What, what I remember, and it might have been reruns at some on some level, but it, 2003 would would about track for me of just like watch, just having ESPN on in my yeah. grandparents' basement, just like a Saturday morning with my me and my cousin hanging out, like. We just, I just remember seeing Chris Moneymaker and going, that can't be his real name. We went oh through all God. of that today. You know what? What? ESPN, do you remember this? ESPN made a scripted show about poker. What was it called? No. What? No. Huh. It was, and they were trying, because they had the um, the NFL show. Tilt? Do you remember that one? What was that? Is, is it yes. Tilt? Tilt. That's the one. And they, they tried so hard to, like, capitalize on the poker boom, because they were doing the scripted shows, because they had... They had Tilt. There was a poker show. They had the football show um, that I cannot remember the name of that either. No. It was like in, oh, like oh five, oh six. Do you remember that? Yeah, I'm anyway, really annoyed that I can't remember this one. Yeah, well, Playmakers, goodness. I think Playmakers. Was, yes. If I remember right, it was about this time. ESP, they, ESPN had a deal with Texas Tech. It was a reality TV show on who was going to be the next, like whoever won it, got to be a walk on on Bobby Knight's uh, Tech team, and it was oh. about that time. That sounds right. Yeah, they were trying to get into, like, scripted slash reality TV. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't work at all. But I have to tell you, I watched every episode of Tilt. <laughs> it was, Incredible. It was not good. Um, but I was in college, and, like, we played poker every Monday. And so, like, we got together in, in one of our rooms or whatever and watched Tilt, every like, Sunday nights, I want to say, maybe. I don't know, but... Yeah, Chris Moneymaker is the reason that we wasted a lot of nights watching Tilt, too. So thanks a lot, Chris Moneymaker, you jerk. Night School, 2006. I was just yeah. I was just scanning night. I had no idea Night School existed. That's incredible. Like, I, I remember watching it. This was like, I, like I was, I mean, I, you know, I was a freshman, sophomore in high school, so I, I loved this, I remember. he uh, the, the guy who won played two games for a total of eight minutes. Heck yeah, he did. In his first did year. In his first year. Um, he scored three points on the season. And a victory over University of Arkansas at Little Rock. He played the first game of next season against Alaska Anchorage. Later in the season, he scored the final basket for the Red Raiders in their at-home win over Louisiana Tech. The crowd gave him a loud ovation. <laughs> and after the game, how, Pat how Knight. Many, how many points did, did you score in college? I didn't score at all Zero. in college, Lesky. That's true. Um I'm just saying. Look, this guy's this guy's a, a a baller. The thing, the only like scene that I remember from this show was they they obviously he took them to a uh, a like a firefighters like training thing. So they all had to put on um, like you know all the gear right, like all which you know adds it's like a hundred something pounds. 
and then go through this train that firefighters did, which was essentially just run up like a 20, 30 story building and go back down. Right. And just some of the walk-ons, like just, you thought they were going to, you watching them, you're like, man, these 18 to 20 year old kids look like they're about to die. This, this kid who's built like Chet Holmgren, but is five foot 11 might not make it. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Here's a show idea though. I'm already people, in. Regular people, you're in. <laughs> We're good. Um, regular people, maybe the three of us, we have to wear firefighters gear and play a basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I, I think it. I think it's gold. Um, it's actually on ESPN Tuesdays after Tilt. That's so. perfect. That's perfect. I've got, I think I could, what did I tell you this, this guy played for his like eight minutes in his there, first year? I think I could give you four total minutes. There was also, I think I can give you 40 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> this was just after, um, night school, but the Bronx is burning was another one of those scripted, uh, Good grief. uh, you know, yeah. drama shows. That's right. I'm, and I'm looking at a variety end, of them. But, but pros versus Joes, the, my, my firefighter idea made me think of that. That was a great show. I enjoyed that. I feel like there's room for that to come back. I, I, I agree. Because I think that we, we had this conversation. I, Rudy, I can't remember if this was on air or off air or whatever. Um, actually, this also might have been a conversation I was having with Sterling that could have been on air or off. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But just like this idea of oh, so it, was, it was Sterling. You might have been there for it, Rudy. Sterling was talking about just like playing pickup with um so i can't remember the, i'm not like protecting another identity i can't remember their names but playing pickup at one point with like a 40 year old former nba player and at some point someone who played overseas who's not a little younger than the former nba player played overseas at like a professional level and then showed up one of those days and just got absolutely cooked by the former nba guy and, and just like the, the the gap in talent oh there was so there was a tweet today that said, it was posing the question, it was for engagement, I bet, whatever, said, if you got a carry on fourth and one at the goal line, and you know, could, could you think you'd, you think you'd score, or whatever. And I tweeted with a video of Derrick of Henry getting his bleep blown up on a fourth and one carry, and he's Derrick Henry. Like, people, everyone who watches sports needs to have their self-confidence levels brought down by 500%. Yeah, but see, I play for the love of the game, Josh. That does make you powerful. See, I, I don't think I would get tackled on fourth and one, and I'll tell you why. I would run the other way. Yes. <laughs> so far before the snap even happened, that I would be out of the end zone. Although they probably catch me. Never mind. I'd be I, I'd so I would, tackled. <laughs> I would immediately just kneel. Ooh, that's I, I'm just feet. No, no, no. They hand me the ball. Fetal position. Kneel. Don't. No, no. And you can't even risk taking the that's handoff. Fair, that's Because Jadavian Clowney might be there and literally right. decapitate you. That's why I would be running the other way pre-snap. It would be a penalty. So that's why I would never get tackled, because it would just constantly be five-yard penalty because I'm in motion going the yes. other way. Yes, you would never actually record a legal snap. That's, that's very good. Uh, but I would never get stopped. Let me, let me ask you this. This is also, I'm just poaching this from Sterling. It was, we had something like tackle Derrick Henry or, um, or just hit a Jacob DeGrom pitch. And he wasn't even saying make contact. He was like, get a base hit. And my, the, the way that I'm tweaking this game is that you are in purgatory. And the only way for you to get to heaven or back to earth or whatever is to successfully complete one of these tasks. If you had injuries turned off and all of time is... Like, by by swing 10 billion, I imagine you've hit a baseball by pure luck. What do you think that number would actually be? To hit a baseball, how many times it would take? Like, you are getting professional pitching stuff 
with a defense. You need you need to get on first. I well, I think it's way more likely I'd get a hit than I'd tackle Derrick Henry. First of all, okay. I went the other um, way on this actually, but you have baseball expertise, which is why I'm asking you this. Well, uh, well, I guess it depends. Air like fatigue turned off too. I don't know. If because if fatigue isn't turned off, if fatigue's turned off, like Derrick Henry will always destroy me because he okay. will just constantly. I think eventually he would get tired and I would get tired and I would get lucky to like grab his ankle. This is exactly and, my logic, yes. And he would just fall down. But mm-hmm. if fatigue is turned off, I, I'm going to get a hit before I tackle Derrick Henry because, I mean, eventually I'm going to get lucky and hit the ball. <laughs> like, like, it's just the odds are that I'm going to get lucky and hit the ball and maybe it'll bloop over the shortstop's head or something. Um, but if, if, if fatigue is real, I think I'd ankle tackle him first. But I got, I mean, look, it would be, I would be 73 before either one happens. That's and right. it would just okay. like, it would, it would just be years before I get anything done. That's that. Cause that's, that's the, the pros versus Joe's thing that I just think is fun is I think that if you had to stand, I remember at one point we had the Louisville Slugger Museum and I, I went into a batting cage that was, I was using a bat that was too heavy and it was at 90 miles an hour, just batting cage fastballs. I didn't touch one of those suckers. I got, you know, I got like 10 hacks. I hadn't swung a baseball bat in forever. It was horrible. It was a, a yeah, nightmare. Yeah, but if you did it like 300 times. Eventually, you would like just leave the bat in the middle of the zone and, right. get, and touch the ball. Right, and just yes, absolutely. I, but not if it's moving. <laughs> not, That's true. Yeah. Not if it's a slider. I don't. I just don't know. I just think you might get me all of time and a tennis racket. And I'm not sure I would ever hit the, ba- the baseball. You, you, but you might. But I might. Um, I, I think that you're far more likely. To eventually tackle a tired Derrick Henry, though you're right. I do think what's more, most like my thought process that is eventually he's just gonna trip over my dead body, <laughs> and you know that's just right. Like it's just the way my my body's gonna get tangled up beneath his legs. He's just gonna or trip. He's and gonna slip that, on my vomit, and yeah. I can just <laughs> and that counts as a tackle in the record book. Yes, yes, I think. All right, that I would look like that the that scam artist from SpongeBob at the end. You know, it's standing in the door frame with a full body cast, the glass bones and paper skin, and all of that. That would be me, but maybe eventually. He would trip and fall over our corpses. I think that's good. Uh, okay, yeah. I, have, I have one more. I have one more impossible um, scenario for you. I want you to, to rank these amongst the hitting a baseball, tackling Derrick Henry. Uh, in this challenge, you have to make the Royals pitching staff as a whole not give up like five runs. Oh no, no, I can't do that. That's impossible. That one's truly impossible, right? Yeah, no, it doesn't happen. Um... I'll I'll go after Derrick Henry all day. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather. Hey, hey, you know what? Let's let's see if we I can mean, get that's a hold. It's just not the right attitude. Somebody needs to ask Mike Matheny. By somebody, I mean not me. If he would rather tackle Derrick Henry or fire Cal Eldred. I mean, I don't, I don't, it's dumb to ask questions you already know the answer to. That's the night. Nice, I, I would say, like, first of all, that I would if I heard that in a pre or post game interview. I would wherever I was drive to that drive to the stadium. If they were on the road, I'd drive to wherever they were on the road and just high five whoever I said because that's incredible. Um, and I, I think the answer I'm trying to, I'm trying to get in my inner Matheny. It would be something along the lines of, yeah, look, I mean, you know, we uh, we we have a process here and. 
And if we have to show the guys that tackling Derrick Henry is how to how to get these wins, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Look, I'd, I'd be tackling Derrick Henry with a great attitude, and I think that's really that's really important. Smile on my face, Henry on the ground. Here, look, but, I'm gonna. I am going to. I am going to force ourselves to have one final serious conversation on this show about right. Cal Heldred. Because here's here, I'm going to frame it as specifically as I possibly can. I think usually the the conceit of fire the pitching coach and it'll fix all of the problems in your terrible pitching staff or whatever. Usually, I think that is a you know an ignorant overreaction. Right? You can't fire all the players. You can't fire well, one coach. You know. There we, was the college uh, Grambling State cut every player on the volleyball team. So that's been in my Google Doc now for a full week. We've never just on the show until this second. Grambling State. You can fire Grambling everybody. State's volleyball coach cut all the players on her team, and then she got fired. And I don't know what happened next. So I, I, I don't really have a team anymore. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not they, sure. They reinstated all the players. They just don't have a coach now. Um, <laughs> I I don't like. This person is the reason that everything is terrible. I don't like this person should not be employed in the their line of work. I don't I really genuinely I, I don't I don't go that route very often. But the Royals made the I'm sure at least internally difficult move to to fire Terry Bradshaw and shake up their hitting. And their bats have been this is I don't you might need to bleep this, Rudy, because this is a profane. Fun to watch. Shocking but like that that has really, really happened. And good. And actually like not good. not just fun to watch because of the young players, but good, productive. And, and for so long now, not just this season, not just this stretch, but the, the, the pitching has been, an, has been an, an obvious problem at a level that seems like people smarter than me go, there is a coaching issue here. And I, I'm truly wanting to understand why this looks like it is a coaching thing and how on earth the Royals are still at this point, and they go, nah, we want to be contending, but but this move is not one we're willing to make. Yeah, I mean, it's... So, here's the thing. You're, generally, it's true. Um, the coach is a scapegoat yeah. for bad performance. Um, I think there are times when uh, the coach is maybe an issue, and I, I think... If you look at the hitting coach, and Terry Bradshaw, by all accounts, is a fantastic person. Um, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him, honestly. Um, I haven't heard any. I haven't talked to everybody who's dealt with him, so maybe there's <laughs> somebody. But sure. he, but it just wasn't working. And I think what happened is we saw that he and his message and the way he delivered it, whatever it was, was a problem mm. or a problem mm-hmm. because. In the last month or so, and even if you go back a, a few days before that, I mean, I, I looked at it, I gave, I gave uh, Alex Zimwalt and company two weeks to kind of get their message under control and, and get through to the guys. And if you look from two weeks after they were hired till today, um, well, till yesterday, they had a weighted run created plus of 104. Average, I mean, it, it's based on 100 being average. So that's an above-average offense from a team that was scoring like 3.2 runs per game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, it's I remember today, they, they'd scored in the first three innings in three straight games, and they've scored um, like 23 runs this road trip in the first four innings, and they scored 14 in all of April. <laughs> Those innings. Like, this is a different offense, and I think it's largely attributable to the coaching. So having said that, it's clearly possible that that a team struggling can get better because of coaching 
mal, well, it can be bad because of coaching malfeasance. Mm-hmm. Um, and and where I come out on this, I, I think you have. I think the players deserve credit and blame, right? When when a player does something right, they deserve credit. When a player does something wrong, they deserve blame. And so the pitching staff is not blameless, but I have talked with multiple people who are not associated with the Royals. I mean, I guess I would consider them friends of mine, but they are with other organizations, they're in baseball and other capacities. And all they say is, I really hope the Royals give up on some of these young pitchers so that my team can get their hands on them. <laughs> and, and, and it's, that's really nice to hear in some ways because it's like, okay, the, um, somebody else recognizes there is talent on this roster. Yeah. But it's also really disappointing because you go, okay, well, they're going to give up on Daniel Lynch and he's going to win a Cy Young. And I don't, they're not going to. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. I, I, I think they're going to get to the decision that everybody knows they need to get to eventually. Um, truly. I just not as soon as people want. And, and I, I get it to some extent because with Terry Bradshaw, they had Alex Zumo. They had him there. That's a good point. They don't, they don't really have that guy. Um, and in their mind, see, where, where the Royals and, and most of us probably differ is I think the Royals are like, yeah, Cal's not cutting it. This stinks. I don't want to fire my friend, blah, blah, blah. But I think what they're saying is he's not hurting the staff and we don't have a replacement. And what we are saying is mm. he is hurting the staff and that, that monkey at the zoo could be his replacement. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I, I think that's where the philosophical difference actually lies. And it's not so much in the we have to keep Cal because we love him. I think it's we don't have a replacement and he's not hurting them. I think he's hurting them, personally. You, I'm guessing you agree with me. Um, I think most people listening agree with me. Um, the only people who probably don't. Hi, Dayton. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Um, if you want to talk later, we can. I, it, it's, you know, it, it's hard to look at what has happened with this staff and say, no, yeah, he's not the guy, but he's also not a problem. Um, I think he's a problem. And yeah. that, that's too bad. Because I, I, I'm like, you, I, don't wanna, I don't want people to get fired, but I also don't want people to be running the team that I enjoy watching into the ground. Yeah. And you're hired to be fired in sports. It's, and very few people get to go out on their own terms. Mm. It, it stinks, um, but hey, it's life. Yeah. I think that is comprehensive and very fair, and that's all I could. That's that's what I'm trying to achieve because I, I really do kind of want to understand where they're at on that. And to your point, if he isn't actively hurting the staff, and I don't just mean the young starters, but I also mean the bullpen. I mean everybody not named Zach Greinke, and maybe maybe I mean Zach Greinke too. I don't know. I feel like at this point he probably is the guy that he is. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Maybe he's still evolving, but. If he's not, if the coaching, maybe, you know, I'll expand it. If the coaching isn't actively hurting all of these pitchers, all of these pitchers are way worse than the Royals need them to be. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that is the implication. And again, I, I understand that nobody here right now, or if they hire somebody else and none of the, none of the pitching improves in 2023, then hey, you know what? Maybe we all say, hey, Cal, actually, these guys all got worse when you left. We were too, super unfair to you and we apologize. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe it does. But I would much rather go ahead and pull the trigger on, on a new pitching coach than 
decide that you've gotten every pitching acquisition wrong for half a decade. Well, and that's the thing. So, I mean, if you think about, like, you know, I work in marketing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you do a lot of times in marketing is you do A-B tests. And on an A-B test, let's say it's an email, you want to change one thing. You don't want to change four things because then you don't know what was different. You don't know what made one email better than the other, right? And so in this situation, I think that the obvious issue, you know, uh, uh, you, to, to further the analogy, if, my, if I don't think my subject line is getting people to open emails, I'm going to change the subject line. Mm. And it may turn out that it's the header image that's mm -hmm. not getting the results. Mm -hmm. it, it very well might. But I'm pretty sure it's the subject line. So I'm going to change that out first. Yeah. And then you know what? If nothing changes, okay, then we're going to dig deeper. But Cal Elder is the subject line, and he needs to be changed out. And if it doesn't work, well, then you say, okay, well, if it's not Cal, then is it – then you have to ask the question. Is it the talent evaluation? Is it people acquiring the players? Is it the people developing them? And so eventually you're going to have to find the answer, but eventually you will. But you have to start somewhere – and you can't do everything or else you don't know what the problem was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm good with that. You want to, you want to tell me that Andrew Penitenti is going to get traded for a nice haul and make me feel better? I would be very surprised if he doesn't bring back something pretty positive. Um, he, look, he, he's not going to get a huge return because he's a free agent in like four minutes. Yeah. But every, uh, not every team, most teams could use what he provides. Right. And he makes little enough money that every team can afford him. Even the Rays, if they and they could use him, if they say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna tack on Andrew Benintendi," it's like four million dollars the rest of the year. Even the Rays can afford that. And John Sherman's showing he'll put money in. So mm -hmm. if 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 it takes two million dollars to bring back their number five prospect instead of their number eight, he'll do it. Um, so I. I think we're going to be happy with the return on Benintendi. Um, I think some people are probably not going to be because they think he's going to bring back like the number seven overall prospect. It's just never going to happen. But I think ultimately, I think I think it'll be a nice return. I don't know where it'll be because there's like 12 teams interested. Um, but he's he's going to go, and then I think he's going to bring somebody back who contributes in the next couple of years. That sounds good to me. That feels like a relatively positive uh, sort of send off. So I don't. If there's any, you know, final words you'd like to deliver to the the specific kind of of absolute lunatics that listen to uh, to this show on a regular basis, or uh, if you just want to say, like, hey, inside the crown inside the crown inside the crown I thought maybe well, you, you know just appear behind me. You didn't. I just was curious. <laughs> you know, they say it's been a pleasure. Yeah. It hasn't. Um, yeah, I get it. I understand. No, it's um, been ecstasy. It has been pure bliss. Honestly, uh, no, um, this is uh, an all seriousness. Ooh, I don't know about that. No, no, you got you to you deal with this. You have to pucker up, sit down, okay, and listen. All right, I'm sitting. Okay, I'm sitting and listening. In all honesty, this these spots have been are some of the most enjoyable ones I ever do, and I, I go on a lot of radio spots. We have so much fun. And I'm so happy for you. Um, I cannot wait to hear you in the afternoons. And uh, yeah, thank you for thank you for letting me be a part of the show. Thank you for being a part of it, Lesky. It's been wonderful. It's been always 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 excited to know that we're going to have you on um, because I know that it will be fun. And if we get smarter by accident, then that's just you being a good covert operator and accidentally putting some good information into these very empty brains. 
I wear a camel every time I come on. So you, you, you never know what's going to hit you. <laughs> I always envisioned you doing these segments in, in cargo camo pants. With, with eye black? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. A full, a full face of <laughs> grease paint. Ready to go. Hiding in the bushes yeah. outside your house. Just. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I could be inside, but I don't want to be. No. No, it's not quite right. You need to, you need to feel the thrill of the hunt. Uh, Absolutely. Lesky, I appreciate that very much. And um, uh, on air, off air, in a podcast, in some other form, in real life, hopefully, uh, we, will, we will talk again very soon. I cannot wait. Appreciate it. It's David Lesky. Follow him on Twitter, by the way, at DB Lesky. And you should really, especially, hey, listen, if you haven't subscribed yet, be like, oh, I like when Lesky's on the show, but I haven't subscribed to the newsletter because I just like hearing him on the show. Hey, guys, the show's going away. The newsletter's not. Still there. That's still there. And the Substack no, app is still great. No. And, and the newsletter's still very expensive. Comes yeah. up with the high, high cost of free. Yes. Um, free, dot free, 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 free. Uh, but also, you can pay that price of free in Bitcoin or stock Damn. options, yes. which is crazy. Um, but yeah, you can you can pretty much pay for that zero dollar sum, however you see fit, for a lifetime subscription to the Inside yeah. the Crown newsletter, insidethecrown.substack.com. He does prefer uh, Dinner's Club checks, though. I've been trying to just poke jazz bucks into my computer screen, and they just don't they don't fit. I don't you know. You got to get an adapter. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Just a little bit bigger than real money, so you gotta get the adapter. But if I just put like just a dollar bill into my computer, yeah, yeah, it'll just that's fine. zap right into. Put that in your floppy disk. I have a like a whole story about not having a CD-ROM drive, but that's like a four or five minute story, and we need to take a break. But I don't really have any jokes about floppy disks, so I guess I'll just kind of go back to what's been working today. Chris Moneymaker. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. Sorry, I got distracted because I have the Facebook comments open now, so they come in live. It's distracting. Renee says that her dog keeps pawing at her phone. She's either loving the show or trying to make it stop. With Joshua Briscoe. Listen, if you're listening to the show with your dog, please let us know how your dog is enjoying or hating the show. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. I don't know if there's anything else meaningfully Royals-related that we, like, needed to cover that we didn't just talk about with Lesky. Yeah. I feel like this would be the time to do it if there was. I think my main thing is that everything that we just covered that I am still a little bit confused about some of the logic that seems to be going around there, and I buy the idea that they don't think that any harm is necessarily being done to yeah. their pitching staff and that they don't have an obvious replacement like they did on the hitting side. I just don't know that that really holds water. If they thought, I mean, like, I, I think it's pretty clear. Like, if they if they legitimately thought um, Cal Eldred was, like, causing harm, right, was delaying, was, was setting pitchers back, he wouldn't be the pitching coach. The problem is they don't think, or is that they, they think he is still, I think, a benefit to the team. And it's just, it, it, it's frustrating. Again, I get it because there's not the Alex Zumwalt, you know, right. as far as the pitchers go. But it is frustrating when you see... It's not just the improvement, like just in the numbers, which are, tra- I mean, it is a top 10 offense in baseball by almost every metric since he took over. Um, the thing that really which gets is bonkers. Yeah, the thing that really gets me is like when I watch the hitters go up to the plate, it's like they have a game plan. They have, they have, a, they have a way that they are attacking the pitcher. And sometimes it doesn't work out right. Sometimes you get out. That's, that's baseball. You're going to get out a lot. And I'm just so often, I just feel like with the pitchers, whenever whether it's I'm reading a Lesky article or an Alec article, Alec article, it's 
this pitch was really working. Why didn't they throw this more? Because it, there just seems to be a lack of a of a full game plan from the pitchers. And, and that's not really the pitcher's fault. And that's not, and to a degree, maybe it's some of the catcher's fault, right? Because the catcher is calling the pitches. But that, but the, the the person who is really creating the game plan is your pitching coach, and and that that's the thing that really gets me is just the game plan just seems to just be off just so often to and where to where maybe he's not actively hurting the pitcher in the game, but he's not even giving the pitcher a chance to be successful. It seems like, and I don't want to overreact to like Jake Junis. He's one example. But we've also seen some elements of that just coming out of the Royals' own minor league system where pitchers seem to come back with some different inclinations and and looking better after making the, the trip down to Omaha and back again. Yeah. I And don't get me wrong, like that my that's what's if especially for pitchers who have options, the minor leagues can be a very stress free way totally, to work yeah. on adjustments. Sure. It it just and maybe this is just the this is a Royals kind of PR problem in terms of the way they're presenting this, but it always feels like, oh, this was figured out once they got there, mm. not this is figured that we figured this out. So we sent him down there to then work on it. It very frequently feels like they figured it out down there. And part of that is because remember, like Brett Keller said last year, I believe it took the camera angles in Boston for them to figure out why he was struggling. And it's like, it's what? Like, wh- why? What? I obviously don't have an answer to yeah, that. Yeah, it's just like rhetorical it's, just, question. It's, it's, in a, it's inexcusable. And I think that the thing that I would I would love to get a genuine answer from somebody on is like, hey, please, like as specifically as possible. What what is what is Cal Eldred? What is Mike Matheny? What is any the the Royals coaching staff specifically relating to the pitchers in general? What are they doing to make these pitchers better because again to my to my point with Lesky even if you even if you don't let's take it a step beyond hey no we don't, we don't even think that this is just a neutral situation we think that the that, that this exact coaching setup is actively benefiting our young pitchers in particular I don't know what evidence you would have for that I would I would be quite stubborn about that the probability of because that. every time there appears to be some evidence it then blows up Right, right. Like we, it, right. And it's not like with a bad start here and there. I mean, it's it is a pitcher goes into a prolonged slump, and I think that if your coaching situation is only neutral to your players, you have more than enough reason to make a change. But if you believe that this staff is currently being supported by the benefit that they are getting from their coaching staff, you you do not believe in these players at all. <laughs> I mean, just at all. I don't. We talked about this whenever Dane Moore kind of like spoke for the first time, which this was after they fired Terry Bradshaw, where yeah. essentially he was like, "Hey, I brought these guys up early to you know kind of rush their development because I believed in them and I believed in the coaching staff." Well, then somebody like right somebody failed. Yep. I, whether it's the players who failed, which means you and the people who identify the players to acquire to draft, you guys failed, or it's the coaches. It can't like right somebody has to be in the wrong here. And if you're telling me it's not Kel Eldridge, that's fine. Maybe it's not. 
but somebody has mess has has went wrong. Maybe here. Cal's a genius and he doesn't know how to communicate with these guys in particular. And having somebody else in the picture in addition to him would help. Yeah. Maybe Cal's a perfect communicator, but he needs some sort of uh, he needs some new fresh ideas. Maybe he's got great ideas and he's a great communicator, but Mike Matheny's got a real bad vibe clubhouse. And he, they, you're right, something I, that, is wrong. But something is wrong. Yes, I think that's the thing about it that is so genuinely frustrating is and that clearly just, something is wrong. And they're not trying anything. What are they doing? And again, you, say, you could say, well, internally, maybe they, sure, fine. We haven't seen anything beneficial, though, from yes. the outside. So anything, if they've been trying anything internally, it's been hurting, not helping. It's not working. And if they've just been letting it ride, it's not working. Something, anything. Sometimes you just have to try something. Even if you, like I said, like they, maybe they don't have the clear, oh, this is who we would promote to be the pitching coach. But at some point, you just have to try something. Like it just, it, you know, right? Like you, you can't. The it, it, it's obviously it's super cliche, but the, you know the definition of insanity, which I think we also talked about, is not actually like a, a quote that was said or whatever. But <laughs> is you know doing the same thing re- repeatedly and expecting different results. Like that's what they're doing with the pitching staff. Is it, it, it has just largely been doing the same thing over and over and over, and eventually it's just going to fix itself. Eventually it's going to work out. After years and years and years of trying it, eventually it's going to work out. Because every time we see a step. Right, Brady Singer's first few starts back, he was throwing a lot of changeups, and and since then the changeup has thrown a little bit less and less. Like he's like, like I've just like I've seen Lesky write about that, right? Like, mm-hmm. like him throw the changeup a little bit more, like he did early on, right? It's like guys are they take two steps forward, but then they take two steps back, and maybe it's one step back, but either way, like there there is not the continued progression. It is this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and ultimately you're right around where you were. So now what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. And I don't. One benefit of being stuck on a carousel that's just moving in circles and not moving forward at all, you're going to get several chances again once it comes back around to do anything different. And I'd be curious, like obviously, this, this isn't just this isn't a team of a bunch of like 35 year old yeah. journeymen. You're just out here chucking knuckleballs. We don't. We're not watching five Jamie Moyers. I don't know. It's like I just. These are young pitchers that should be getting better and more creative and more and, precise and and wow they, they certainly are young like this is not a like you know some people do the well they're really not that young they are young they, they, they these they, they are they, these are guys who can still pitch in baseball for 10 more years yes. but also they're not 21 in the big leagues right. right like there there is a like they should be farther along than what they are and and if that's because Dane Moore rushed them up through the system well then that's on him if it's because, like, right, like, again, just somebody is at fault here. And they appear, at least publicly, to be saying, nobody's at fault here. We all have the right attitudes. This is going to work out. So we're just going to keep doing this, and eventually it's going to be fine. And, hey, I mean, if everybody looks Whereas around Ace and Lacey says. he's not even pitching, like, really, right? <laughs> right. Like, like, you know, your other top, you know, top five pick, your first-round pick from last year, uh, Mazzucato, Every time I see a stat line from him, it's bad. Now, Ben Kaderna, the second round pick, the local kid, it's always really good generally. So, like, there is a plus there. But, like, some of these other young pitchers that they've drafted are either just not doing well in the minors or just have done nothing. Like, Azel Lacey really is – he has barely pitched since he's been drafted. I guess, and this might be pivoting back to even more conspiratorial. No, I don't know. Maybe not. If everybody looks bad, maybe everybody feels a little less of the heat if everybody else is just sort of around also not looking terribly competent at their job. I, I, I don't know. 
it's just frustrating, man. Because it, it's just this should be such an this should be a very exciting season for Royals fans, even if it was never going to be a playoff season. This should have at least been an incredibly easy year to be excited about. Yeah. And it, I get dread way more than I get excitement. Well, and then, but then you get some of these young hitters up, and they make the, the the changes on the hitting approach side, and all of a sudden, like you said, they've been a top ten offense in baseball since that point. And like and ridiculous to put into comparison in terms of just like where guys are at. Shane McClanahan was in the same draft as Brady Singer and Jackson Kowar. He was drafted like mm. thirty one, like in between those guys. He leads baseball in strikeouts. He's a left handed pitcher out of South Florida University, like a college pitcher from the state of Florida. He leads baseball in strikeouts. At least he did last I looked, which was like a day or two ago. It doesn't mean like Brady Singer or Jackson Kowars or any or Yo Bubich or Lynch should be leading baseball in strikeouts, but they should be much further along in this development. And now the reason why Tampa Bay turns out much better at developing pitchers, right? In a shocking turn, because they're right. They they are good at it, but they they haven't always been good at it. It, it, like it, there, throughout the years, I'm sure they had plenty of trials and errors, right? Times where they struggled with it, just constantly tinkering, trying to get the system right. And the Royals don't appear to really be tinkering at all, at least not in any real significant way. It's just, you know, we're going to just kind of keep doing the same thing over and over and over. Maybe a couple different people are in charge at various levels, but we're really just doing the same thing. Did Kyler Murray go ninth in that draft? I think so. Sounds, yep, ninth. Yeah. Oakland days. Why did I was just going so to see again when exactly this was before everybody went. he uh, won the Heisman and everything. So like he 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 was drafted. He then goes to Oklahoma, or he was already he was at Oklahoma, but he was backing up Baker Mayfield. Got it. He then is, becomes a starter. Obviously, once Baker leaves, wins the Heisman. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, you're going to be the one one, and it's like, of course, he's going to choose football at that point. Because uh, being a being a, a first year out of college player, you know, in in football, playing quarterback is a lot better than riding some minor league buses uh, throughout the middle of nowhere. One hundred percent, that is absolutely true. I like to think in that situation, I would have made the same decision. However, remember earlier when we were talking about hitting Jacob Degrom or hitting Derrick Henry? Hmm. But also as a quarterback, you don't have to. Get He's hit. not a large man. He no? does he does move pretty frequently. So he, I. You know, he doesn't have to. He's a quarterback, does so he? Doesn't get hit too much. He, I, it gets hit. He gets hit more than would Casey you, Mize. Would you rather be a? Uh, I picked a well, pick. I just Casey, Casey Mize is actually getting hit. Getting I, hit quite you, a bit. There it is. Casey Mize getting hit a lot. Baseball joke. We got there. Again, like right, that 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 it, like I understand baseball it, scouting players is hard. Casey Mize went one one and he has struggled. Right, like you look at that top. Uh, five, like Alec Baum has struggled some in the minors. Nick Madrigal is a fine Major League Baseball player, but nothing special. Uh, Jonathan India, I believe, got traded. I was just going to, sorry, I was just going to, the whole point of me being on this Wikipedia page was to see what pick McClanahan went with. He went 31, and then Coar went 33, Lynch went 34. That was all after Singer went teens? 18. There we go. Yes. So, who Nolan Gorman just recently got called up is a, uh, a third baseman who is just crushing the baseball. The, throughout most of his minor league career, he was just he recently went, called up a high school kid. He went 19. Yeah, he, he went was right after. He was a high school pick. That's personally who I wanted. That's also, I think, personally who most people thought they were going to go with. It was also surprising that Brady Singer fell that far, but also maybe there was a reason why. I wish that this wasn't such a sad segment about the Royals' shortcomings. Good news is, in like a little less than 10 minutes, we'll do some power rankings with Tucker, and that'll be fun. 
Maybe. More fun. Than, it'll definitely be more. I mean, Bubik went uh, 40. He Good did. grief. Anybody ever talk about how many college pitchers the Royals took in this draft? There's a, uh, because they drafted, if I remember right, another one, like, um, oh, the uh, Jonathan Bullen, 58th overall. <laughs> it was looked really good in the minors, but it's currently recovering from Tommy John. Right. But yeah, pitched recently again and, yes. and looked good. So that's that's exciting. There we go. All right. Positive note. Woohoo! Oh, hold on. Sorry. Chris Moneymaker. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. There are so many names that I'm loosely aware of. Wait a second, what? With Joshua Briscoe. I had one more good one. Hold on. I had one more good one, than I've, and then I lost. I know I need to take a break, Rudy. I know. I need to say the name. I need to say the name of another obscure veteran of the Diamondbacks. Mike Leak! On Sports Radio 810 WHB. Of all the really weird, bizarre, disorienting things that are going to happen over the course of the last few editions of this show, I wonder where a solid 30 to 45 full minutes of serious baseball talk, I wonder where that would rank amongst the most sort of shocking ways that we are sending this show out with a bang. We just sort of talked nonsense with David Lesky and then talked plenty of baseball and now we're still here talking about baseball again. Sometimes that just happens. I, I can't fully explain it. Sometimes it ends with Mike Leak. Anyway. That was fun. Do you think this is the last time we're going to talk about baseball in almost entirely sports? Um, There's a chance. It's possible. Night game tomorrow night. Yeah. This next hour we're doing power rankings, then I've got some real nonsense we could dip into. Maybe Monday we just have to, like, just say a baseball player's name. Maybe it's just yelling at an obscure Diamondback. I think getting a different current Diamondback who's, like, on the active roster right now. Hold on, everybody. Tell Marte. Hold on, I'm Googling. Robbie Ray. Boy, I couldn't have told you the manager of the Diamondbacks for $1,000. For a million dollars. There's no, it's no longer, no. Tony LaRusso. David Peralta, Arizona Diamondbacks. How about it? No, 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 he's not the manager. He's just oh. playing left field. He's 34, and so I just still, recognize his name. Arizona, yeah. Still there kicking it. That's good. Well, congratulations to him. We'll do power rankings next. <laughs> 